Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter back from vacation. It was glorious. A week of nothing but Disney stuff and just my family, the four of us. But of course I come back, I've been completely unplugged for a week and have no clue what I missed out on until I open back up my phone, get a string of text messages, check back to Twitter. And then of course, call Zach Barry to do talk of champions. Hey buddy, what's up? Ben, I applaud you for, uh, for logging off literally and figuratively from Twitter. Cause I don't know how you can function without Twitter at all times. I mean, that's the beacon of all things, news, uh, entertainment and uh, sports, but uh, I'm glad you're back, man. How was uh, how was the trip? It was wonderful to be completely unplugged, just us four in Disney World. It was really good, but most importantly for me, it was a time to really detox from Ole Miss stuff, and I missed a lot. It seems like now I didn't go back through everything that you and Jake and Chuck post on the Ole Miss Spirit, OmSpirit.com, the website that we both write for, an affiliate of On3.com. I didn't go back through all that stuff to see what you put up. What is the most important thing I missed while I was gone? Ooh, most important. Um, I'd probably say uh, the addition of Jordan Watkins, the Louisville wide receiver transfer. Which we expected. Big one. Uh, yeah, it was expected. We reported that uh, several weeks ago at OM Spirit that uh, he was leaning Ole Miss and was probably heading that way. He basically hinted at it when you spoke with him in Oxford that uh, he was hoping to get back soon, uh, sooner rather than later. Um, That's a big one, in my opinion. I think uh, he brings some versatility. He brings a ton of speed. He's a legitimate uh, 4-3, 4-4 guy who can uh, really stretch the field. Um, They they were missing that later in the season when uh, Dontario Drummond and Braylon Sanders were both banged up. I think that's a big one. Um, Other than that, I mean, it's been – you know, just kind of monitoring the portal, uh, the the quarterback situation has, uh, I wouldn't say, I don't know, there's a lot of misconceptions with the portal out there, a lot of doom and gloom. Well, this this quarterback is, is off the board now, and this quarterback is off the board. Um, you know, there was an interview uh, that, that we posted on the site uh, from the next round uh, live. Bo Nix was on there, spoke about talking with, Lane Kiffin communicating with him via text message. Uh, there was a lot of early smoke, some rumblings, if you will, that he was interested in Ole Miss. And, uh, and all of a sudden, uh, I believe it was that Sunday after the Friday that he did the interview, he announced that he was going to Oregon. So, um, you, you know, I guess just your basic groveling of people that are wanting good news to come. Um, Can't really blame them, though. Uh, no, it's not. It's, I think it's warranted. I mean, it was a, it wasn't a super splashy, dramatic 
you know, flamboyant early signing day. It was kind of status quo. I, I talked with Chuck on the Revolution hotline about that. And, and I actually told, told you that my theme was just the prioritization of targets and getting them in the boat. I think that's what they did. They um, added every single commitment outside of Timmy Gagfine, who's waiting till February. Uh, and then they flipped uh, Palintha Carswell from Miami and uh, got some big name linebackers like uh, Tyler Banks and Jaron Willis. So um, it was a, uh, you know, wasn't super, you know, flashy on early signing day, but I, I think they met some needs. I think they still have to find a quarterback and uh, they're probably looking to add at least one to two defensive linemen after missing out on Jaheim Otis and Travion Williams. As we're recording this, Jason Jones, the defensive line transfer out of Oregon, is expected to commit at 2 p.m. Central time. I think it's Auburn, but Ole Miss is in there. Yeah. Was that the tweet or was that the player that the coaches, the Ole Miss coaching staff, I can't remember who all did it. Marquise Watson was one of them, the defensive analyst for Ole Miss, tweeted out duck hunting, not so subtly referring to Oregon. Was Jason Jones the one they were referring to there? Or are we talking about somebody else? Yeah, it was uh, Devin Bush Sr. was the one who referred to duck hunting. Um, I would think it was Jason Jones, possibly DJ James as well. Both are from Alabama. Um, you know, we had alluded to Ole Miss being hot and heavy after both of them. Um, there were some industry sources and Ole Miss sources that said so. And uh, it it was probably two or three days after that I uh, talked with some industry sources uh, and those close to the Auburn program. They believe that that Jones is going to announce for the Tigers. I believe he will, barring something crazy happening at the last minute, which, I mean, you've been covering it like I have with the portal being kind of the new thing. The portal is almost as, as crazy and, you know, unexpected and, and kind of unpredictable as much as JUCO recruiting is where, you know, I mentioned Bo Nix out of nowhere going to Oregon. I don't think anybody really saw that. I'd heard some Oregon rumblings, but I really hadn't heard anything heavy to imply that it would be so sudden. Because when I got the text yeah. from you, right, because you're one of the few people that I left my text on for. And when I got that text from you, I think I responded hours later. But once I saw it, yeah, that was not expected so suddenly. Oregon was certainly yeah. a place that he could potentially land at, but for him to go – that quickly from I'm considering things to Oregon commitment was a little bit of surprise to some of us. Yeah. And just and real quick to clear that up, I, I didn't really look too far into it outside of that interview um, that I, uh, you know, aggregated, put it on the site, just kind of with the quotes about him talking with Kiffin. I didn't really look too far into it. And I mean, heck, it was only a couple of days before I kind of dove into the potential of, of Bo Nix going to Ole Miss and, you know, where else could he possibly land? After the Oregon news broke, the, the more I thought about it, and then I kind of looked, and I was like, oh, like, you idiot. Like, this is so obvious. Uh, his former offensive coordinator, Kenny Gillingham, is, is at Oregon now. So it makes a ton of sense yeah. for him to go, you know, link up with him again, have one more ride uh, with a familiar face and an offense that he knows. It makes a ton of sense. And, and, and honestly, he probably wanted to, you know, possibly get away from home, get away from the SEC, go somewhere else, fresh start. Um, he alluded to that in the interview on the next round live that he was kind of wanting to start fresh and, and, and kind of reset. So it makes a lot of sense, but yeah, the portal is, is, it can be very unpredictable. Um, at times it can be pretty cut and dry. Like we have the Jordan Watkins, like you did the interview, you got the sense that he was leaning on this. We started hearing the same things from people. That he same thing with Ladarius Tennyson too. Yeah. Yeah, he, he wasted little time. He he he, uh, he kind of waited for the dust to settle on early signing day and then was just like, all right, I'm done. Let's get this knocked out. Um, but, yeah, so it, it's kind of a bringing it back full circle here, Ben. I mean, you didn't really miss much. Um, still identifying needs in the portal. And uh, the quarterback situation, I'm sure we'll get to it here in a moment, is uh, I have some opinions on it. And I'm not sure if you'll agree or not, but okay, go about that. What? Um, what? Well, you know, I, I I wrote a kind of a quasi column the other day. I wasn't really intending on doing it that way, but I, I was kind of jotting down some thoughts about the portal and the offensive coordinator vacancy and how they kind of go hand in hand coincide. But 
I think, and I don't have this source. This is my opinion. I, I made sure to state that many times in the uh, in the in the piece. But I have the strange suspicion that the staff is is kind of flipping it neutral for a bit, and they're going to wait and wait for these bowl games to get done, wait for the Sugar Bowl to be done, wait for twenty twenty two to roll around, and then they're going to kind of reassess, shuffle the board, if you will. I still think that they're interested in, in Cameron Ward. I don't think that it's not they passed on him or they're slow playing him. They offered him. I think they're still interested, but I mean, you look at, I mean, two quarterbacks from Wyoming got in the portal after their bowl game. You've got uh, Connor Bazelak from Missouri got into the portal after their bowl game. I'm not saying that Ole Miss is interested in any of these guys, but it's just basically as soon as, as their duties as a student athlete are finished for this calendar year, this season, they're making moves. Uh, I think you're going to continue to see that more and more. Uh, there's, possible connections with several quarterbacks out there that are on other rosters that are not in the portal yet that Ole Miss would probably be interested in. Um, you probably have a few names in mind and we've talked about them before. Um, but that's kind of my feel on it right now. I don't think they're in any rush. And I think it kind of uh, on, on both sides here, I don't think they're in any rush because they know that the pool is going to get bigger with more guys getting into the portal. And in my opinion, I also think Lane Kiffin and them are confident in Luke Altmaier and confident in what kind of quarterback he can become. They recruited him for a reason. They didn't recruit him to come in and be the backup for Matt Corral and then be the backup for somebody else. They recruited him because they believed that he could be a starting quarterback in the SEC. Um, I don't think that this is any indictment on their opinions on Altmaier at all. I just think they want more competition in that room and they need more depth. So that's kind of where I'm at with the quarterback position. I know people are clamoring for them to get one. Uh, I, I mentioned it earlier. People are just dying for positive news. They, they want some, some commitments, some big splashy portal guys. There's Which not is a completely lot. understandable. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't like good news? Um, I don't really expect a ton to happen in February unless there's somebody out there or, you know, somebody's multiple people that we don't know of. I expect them to add Davison and Benoson in February, or, or I guess technically January 8th when he announces at the uh, All-American Bowl. Um, I've that's heard really that his it. LOI is already in with the school he's chosen. Yes, I, I would agree with that. So um, he received his All-American jersey um, yesterday. Uh, he will be in San Antonio on January 8th. He will be playing in that All-Star game. It'll be a great showcase for him to compete against some of the nation's best. And uh, Ole Miss is expecting him to uh, announce – put on a powder blue hat, whatever, on national television, on NBC, and, and that'll be uh, some good pub after the Sugar Bowl. But, yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of where I'm at, at the quarterback position specifically. They're just going to kind of wait and just see what happens. I was told three days ago from somebody that usually knows that Lane has his OC and the quarterback will follow in the portal. Don't know who, but that's what I was told. I don't know how much I trust it but that is something I was told. So take from that what you will. Let's think about so this. Joe though. Brady is coming and he's That's right. bringing Cam Newton. Yes. Let's think about this though, because I don't want people to jump off the ledge here in regards to quarterback recruiting. They really wanted Dylan Gabriel. That's a miss, a true miss. Yeah. Inflicting reports out there, including information on my end about how much they really wanted Jack Miller. They're valuing experience over anything else in the portal. So that in that way, Jack Miller doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, I, I would agree with that 100%. Cam Ward, they offered him. But outside of that, Casey Thompson got in. Spencer Rattler was never really – there was smoke around there, but there was never really any serious pursuit of Spencer Rattler because once he didn't come in for his visit, that was done. It was over. It was off the board was Spencer Rattler. So yeah, they were, really missed on Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, it was, it was very – that that couple days stretch was weird. There were rumors that Spencer Rattler had already come to Oxford. Um, couldn't really confirm those, but I had people on the ground, if you will, in Oxford that said he had already come into town. And then later we were told, no, 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 he, he he's coming this weekend. And then he never showed up. At that point, I mean, you can't do anything about it. He didn't, he didn't show up. He tried. So you got to move on. Yeah. But yeah, they almost had conversations with him. Gabriel. Yeah, they wanted Dylan Gabriel. They wanted to engage with Spencer Rattler, but then he didn't come in on his visit. So who have they really missed on? Dylan Gabriel. 
Jack Miller, not really a miss. Lane Kiffin keeps things close to the vest. No one who claims that they've got some inside track with Lane Kiffin is telling the truth. They don't. You talk to as many people as you can. It's not like it used to be as far as the information you get and where you get it from. But we've been right on in regards to the quarterback recruiting market with the portal. Jack Miller, that one was a little bit confusing. But Harrison Bailey, there's still some smoke there. I think that's a down-the-board option for them. Casey Thompson from Texas gets into the portal. Maybe he becomes an option. I've heard some things. But I'm trying to be much more judicious in what we put up and what we say because there can be at times, and it's only really happened once with Jack Miller, some conflicting information about who they're really pursuing. What we do know is they wanted Dylan Gabriel. They wanted him even after Jeff Levy left for Oklahoma. They desperately wanted Dylan Gabriel. He was their number one guy, and he's gone. So that's the one miss. If you're thinking, oh, they're missing on all these guys, they're not. Because I never really bought Bo Nix and Ole Miss leading for each other in any kind of way. Now, there was some communication, but I just wasn't getting that strongly. Maybe that was the case. I don't know. He ended up at Oregon. That's all that matters here. So did they miss on Bo Nix? You can't really say that. You can't about Dylan Gabriel. Did they miss on Spencer Rattler? You can't really say that. All he ever did was a Zoom call with South Carolina. He ended up there. I'd heard he wanted to stay on the West Coast. I think that he was ticketed for Arizona State, but then their quarterback returns. Ole Miss just couldn't get there, there, there with Spencer Rattler. They thought they were getting him in for a visit. Then he calls on that Saturday night, says, I'm not coming. That's not really a miss if you weren't all the way there with him like you were with Dylan Gabriel. You got Dylan Gabriel on campus. So that's a miss. If they don't get Cam Ward, Cam Ward's already visited. If he goes somewhere else, if he chooses some other school over Ole Miss, that's a miss. But the other ones, I just don't think you can classify it as misses because you have to consider where Ole Miss was in the pursuit of those guys and where they ended up. I don't want people to freak out. Do I think that necessarily Ole Miss has got its offensive coordinator, next offensive coordinator lined up with its quarterback? Not really, but that is something I'm hearing. And it would really kind of jive with how this whole process has played out, whoever the offensive coordinator is. But that means that it's not probably T. Martin is the offensive coordinator because what quarterback is he going to bring? And I heard a lot of T. Martin stuff before I left to go to Disney <laughs> World. So there's just yeah. a lot of different things, different plates being juggled here or spun in the air for Lane Kiffin as he decides not only his offensive coordinator, but transfer a quarterback candidate or land that he brings in to compete with Luke Altmaier because you make a really good point. Luke Altmaier is a former four-star prospect. They pulled him out of Starkville. They love that kid. Yes, they did recruit him to not only sit behind Matt Crowd, but to eventually start and take over. It's not about that. Just look at the depth behind him. There isn't any. Going to jump right back to Zach Barry in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy, two more proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that. I already know. Almost football Saturdays, right? It's all back, and you're going to be there. But when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted. Well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, 
a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Yeah, I, I mean, he's a former Elite 11 finalist. He, look, I, he ain't a bum. I mean, he came in in the Auburn game and played really well when Matt Corral hurt his ankle. Um, yeah, I, again, I, I don't mean to belabor the point here, but they, they believe in Luke Altmaier as a quarterback. This is merely just bringing in more competition and to have actual depth. That's the, the, the Cam Ward thing is interesting to me because he has several years of eligibility left. I don't think, in my opinion, Barring him, you know, let, let's say hypothetically he comes to Oxford and just torches the SEC. Ole Miss goes nine and three. Um, he puts up, you know, 4,500 yards passing, 35 touchdowns. Probably going to get some favorable reviews and, and some some good feedback from scouts. He bolts after one year. If, if that happens, I mean, what? so be it. I, you figure it out after that. And then, look, there's a 2023 quarterback out there that, everybody knows about that they're looking to sign. So he has those multiple years of eligibility that gives you some flexibility. He has played at an FCS level. He is still very raw as a quarterback because he hasn't played a ton of actual quarterback because he played in a wing T system in high school. I think that gives you some flexibility. If you bring in a Cam Ward to where you could take a chance on someone. Um, like you mentioned, Jack Miller, who hasn't, who doesn't have a ton of experience at the power five level. I think that gives you some flexibility on taking a chance on someone who is, you know, either as experienced or less experienced than Luke Altmaier, because you can have the guy who set all these records in the FCS, who has multiple years, who's essentially like a high school pickup, or you can roll the dice and go with somebody that's not super experienced. If you believe in the talent and you think that you can bring them in like Harrison Bailey, um, Played some at Tennessee, but wasn't the starter. Hendon Hooker played this year. He's coming back. He's obviously still hearing a lot of Georgia Tech for him, though. Yeah, it makes sense. He's from Georgia. Um, And again, like you said, it could be on the flip side. I could be totally wrong. They could just be looking for someone that they think they can plug and play um, in spring practice to compete with Altmaier that has experience, um, has been there, done that. Um, But yeah, I, I mean, it's again, I've said it and I don't mean to keep going back to it, but I know people are wanting good news and they want, I think at this point, Ole Miss fans are just kind of like, we just need a quarterback. Like it's, it's like, we, we need to get our fix. We, we need somebody in that spot. Um, and I get it, but take a breather. Well, I think what you're getting at They're going to wait and, like, and assess the board. Yes. They need a quarterback, but they have the ability to wait and see and assess and be selective. Like they were with Dylan Gabriel. This is our guy. This is who we're targeting. Because of Luke Altmaier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you've got a quarterback. Yeah, there isn't the same kind of urgency. Ideally, you'd have somebody like Dylan Gabriel come in and take over for Matt Crowell, and Luke Altmaier competes with him, probably loses the job, and then waits another year. But the idea that they have to go get a guy to step in and start immediately, that's never really been the case. Now, ideally, that's what you want to do. They yeah. don't have to because Luke Altmaier affords them the luxury of waiting and being selective. Yeah, I was going to say, if Luke Altmaier doesn't exist, this situation is very, very different. Yeah. But he's there, so it affords you the ability to wait. Um, circling back to the OC conversation, I did want to mention this before I forget. It's fascinating. I think that, that I love coaching searches. Now, this, you know, coaching search, coordinator search, whatever you want to call it. I, it, I love the exercise of – trying to connect the dots, looking at resumes, looking at what, you know, someone's portfolio is in terms of what their offense looks like, what they've done, you know, where they've been, how consistent has their offense been. Um, But the thing that makes this one so fun to me is that there are several connections out there that make sense. And I feel like that's, to me, 
more exciting to try to report on and, and, and dig and talk to sources because it, it's, there are a lot of guys that make sense. You, you mentioned T Martin. There's the obvious connection there with his time at USC with, uh, with Lane Kiffin. And then you've got uh, the two names that, that I hear a lot about um, are uh, Anthony Tucker at Utah state and Andrew Souter at Kent state. Um, Tucker uh, was at Fresno state as a player when Lane Kiffin was there. Um, he was also on staff at Maryland with DJ Durkin. And then he was at UCF when uh, Jeff Levy was there before he came to Ole Miss. So there's a lot of similarities there in the offense and how they run things. Um, I watched Utah state's bowl game. Uh, Logan Bonner did not play uh, the starting quarterback that threw for over 3,500 yards, 36 touchdowns. They uh, won their bowl game with a third string quarterback. If you're looking for someone that can coach offense, that can call plays, that can cater their attack to who they have. That was a uh, fun exercise to watch unfold as uh, Tucker was able to use a guy who had never thrown a pass in college. And look, I don't know if it was Tucker that made the, the check or if it was the actual quarterback that made the check, but the guy's first throw as a college player went for like a 70 yard touchdown. On, a, on, on, a, on an audible at the line of scrimmage. Um, Andrew Souter, Kent State's uh, offensive coordinator, is another guy that we keep hearing about. He's a Baylor alum, so he comes from that type of tree in terms of balanced offense, putting an emphasis on running the football, but also being efficient at throwing it. Uh, Dustin Crum threw for 3,000 uh, 3, yards. Um, this season he had multiple receivers um, that had big years. So there's a lot of interesting candidates out there that make a ton of sense that I don't know about you reporting on this kind of stuff when it's, when there's kind of all different directions you can go. I find that to be a little more exciting, a little more fun. It's from fine. A reporting standpoint. I'm there's good not with like the, a clear cut favorite. I'd rather know. And uh, with Lane Kiffin, you just don't know. You just don't well, know. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's the thing It's like, it's so airtight over there it's impossible to really get anything concrete. So this just kind of makes it more of like a, you know, it's like a research paper. So you're going, you're going the whole library. And, well, the T Martin stuff know. I had really well sourced. So I'm still sticking with T Martin being a real viable candidate there. I think Neil, my buddy, Neil McCready over oh, at Grove, Grove, he reported Alex Golish was all for the job, the Tennessee offensive coordinator. I don't know that now Alex Golish. I don't know what happened there. I guess he turned it down. If that were the case, had he hired Alex Golish, then maybe Harrison Bailey is the transfer quarterback to come in and compete with Luke Altmaier. Now, is that as sexy as Dylan Gabriel? Is that as sexy as Spencer Rattler? No, but you don't necessarily have to have a Dylan Gabriel or Spencer Rattler. Not even necessarily Cam Ward. Ideally, you get a guy like that. But if it is a Harrison Bailey, you're just looking for competition because the question is, who competes with Luke Altmaier to start? It can't just be Luke Altmaier. That's the entire room, and that's the problem. That's why they have to get somebody. Ideally, they would have added a transfer quarterback and a high school quarterback. The high school quarterback options really fell off the table pretty drastically after Devin Brown committed to Ohio State. The transfer quarterback, it doesn't have to be a seasoned vet, but you need real honest competition there. Because I feel like everybody agrees that whoever the quarterback is, if it's Luke Altmaier, if it's a transfer quarterback, under Lane Kiffin and the Lane Kiffin offense, he is going to produce. Now, he's going to produce to the level of Matt Corral? Of course not. Of course not. Matt Corral just finished seventh in the Heisman voting. He's going pro. Probably going to be the first quarterback taken in the draft next April. It's not like you're going to get a guy to step in and do what Matt Corral did. But if you can be competent, if you can be good enough, you're going to start out 6-0 and with that schedule next year. But can you build yeah, I mean, on that and get to the point where you're performing at a level that once that schedule turns and it gets tougher – you can raise your game as the quarterback. Who is that guy? Is it Luke Almar? Maybe. Maybe. Is it somebody yeah. else that isn't as decorated as Spencer Rattler, Dylan Gabriel? That we don't know. I just don't think people should write off Luke Altmaier. That's all I'm saying. No, and, and you bring up a great point because I think the – I used the phrase in my column earlier this week of trusting the process. Shout out to Joel, Joel Embiid. Um I mean, this is a head coach that has had success as a play caller, as an office coordinator. I mean, he turned Blake Sims from a running back to a college football playoff quarterback. He won a national title with Jake Coker, who it was, uh, if I remember correctly, was highly rated, but he didn't play a lot at Alabama. And then Lane Kiffin gets there. 
wins a national title with him. Um, you know, he goes to FAU and, and Chris Robeson turns into a record setting quarterback there. Um, you know, Matt Corral goes from, you know, this, you, you know, the narrative by the media, this, this erratic, you know, uber talented, but just, man, you don't know what he can do. And then he turns him into a guy that, you know, was on basically on pace to go to New York for the Heisman before injuries and, um, you know, to him and the offense. So uh, I think if you're an Ole Miss fan, you, you can kind of take solace and they'll figure it out and they'll be able to find someone, whether that is Luke Altmeyer or if it's a transfer guy. I think that it, it's it's hard to convince people to, to sit back and be patient. We, we've talked about that enough on the show. But I think that's what you need to do as an Ole Miss fan is just know that you have someone who is going to be able to coach up quarterbacks, put them in the right position to make plays and be successful, and uh, he's going to bring in an offensive coordinator to do the same. So I think that's a great point that you made, and, and I agree. I think that whether it's Altmaier or if it's a, a transfer guy that's a seasoned vet or if it's a transfer guy that has hardly played, they're going to be able to figure things out. So – this is just a roundabout way to tell people to just relax and take a breath. It's Christmas time. No reason yeah, to worry. It's, it's Christmas. Enjoy the holidays. Watch Die Hard and put Bailey's in your coffee. Whatever. Whatever you need. Whatever your vice is. You know, the Hawaii Bowl is not happening this year. Go watch the 06 replay when Colt Brennan torched Arizona State. You know, do it. Is the you. Sugar Bowl going to happen? Mm. Who can say, Ben? Um, I can't predict the future, but. Uh, somebody asked happen. me that. Yeah, somebody asked me on a bar chat last night. Extremely proactive early in the year. The entire team was vaccinated, and they were just, um, I believe. I don't buy that. Season. I don't buy that. Well, one hundred percent vaccinated. Now one hundred percent with at least one shot. Okay, but from everything oh, yeah. I've heard, uh, I don't buy that. No. But they, you know from all accounts, received their booster shots. And then they took the proper precautions with some contact tracing, uh, things of that uh, that nature this week. They sent them home a little early, and then they're going to report to uh, New Orleans in, I believe, what, the 30th? The 30th. It's bad, though. So, yeah. It's a real concern. I was told while in Disney World, everybody's got it. Now, does everybody got it? No. Impacting the entire team everybody and the administration and the coaches. So, yeah, I, in terms of the actual game, we haven't talked about it really much at all, but I, I love the matchup for Ole Miss. I think this is a good matchup for them, you know, outside of potential COVID cases they're as healthy as they've been all season long with the, uh, the break after the egg bowl to uh, rest up, heal, get treatment, all that. I think they're going to be uh, an extremely motivated team. That's kind of the, when you're, if you're, I think it's a fool's daring to bet on bowl games because man, it can be a crapshoot at times. But one thing I think you have to consider is, is motivation and how motivated teams are to compete in bowl games. Like you look at last night, the Florida Gators lost to UCF. I don't think Florida was motivated at all to be there. I think Ole Miss is going to be extremely motivated. There's a lot on the line. You've got Matt Corral's last game as an Ole Miss Rebel before he leaves for the NFL. You've got a chance to win 11 games for the first time ever in the history of the program. You know Lane Kiffin is going to want to make a splash on national television. All eyes are going to be on the program. He's going to want to continue this momentum into 2022. I, I, I just think that, you know, if people are wondering, you know, well, how is this going to affect their preparation? They missed a couple practices. No, like, they, I think they've been preparing since the Egg Bowl was over. Uh, there's a lot of familiarity with what Baylor does in terms of um, watching film, talking to coaches, and that sort of thing. I think that this is a good matchup for Ole Miss. And again, if Matt Corral in his final game at Ole Miss, I, that's if you need a if you need a if you need a bullet in the gun. I mean, that's that's the one you want. We'll get right back to Zach Barry in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about BNA Bank and Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. 
BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Like I said, I think the Sugar Bowl gets played. The way I look at it is if they miss all this time, they don't get there to the 30th. It doesn't really matter because the bowl preparations, you can really do it anytime. And they only really get serious a couple of days before the game itself. I'm not really concerned in that respect for it. Um, I just want the game to get in. And I do expect the game to get in because I know Ole Miss fans have been looking forward to it. It's the Sugar Bowl. It's the Ole Miss Bowl. So I expect it to get played. But there is some concern there. And um there's some concern on the recruiting front. There's some concern about everything, but my whole advice to everybody right now, Ole Miss fans and the like is just chill. If it's like this come January 20th, okay, whenever the spring semester starts, okay, be freaked out. The Sugar Bowl will have come and gone one way or the other, but if recruiting is still in the same place, then you do have reason to be alarmed, and I don't think it's going to be that way because Jordan Watkins was a good first domino or second domino after Ladarius Tennis in the fall, and then when you look at the hot list, and again, it's not – a complete rundown. It's the best we've got right now. Cameron Ward makes a lot of sense. Casey Thompson makes a lot of sense. They still got to bring Cam Johnson in for a visit. Deion Smith, nothing out there, even though he hasn't come out and publicly said Ole Miss, nothing out there so far has given me any indication to think that there's anything wrong with them. Uh, Kanata Mumfield from Akron, Taj Harris a little bit, Mason Brooks, the offensive lineman from Western Kentucky, Jason Jones later today, probably going to Auburn, DJ James from Oregon, Aishim Young, there are going to be other candidates. Lane Kiffin knew what he was going to do this recruiting cycle. He knew it was going to be a smaller high school class. And he was going to really attack the portal. Has it been the perfect start? Absolutely not. Is the sky falling? No. And that's where I kind of come back to. This was the plan all along. And to think that you always used to criticize, did you Ole Miss fan? And I used to do it too. Hugh Freeze when he would have plan A and then not plan B and C and would settle for plan D like Sean Curtis. Lane Kiff has got a plan B, C, D, and E for the portal because this was always the focus for him. It was always going to be portal heavy. So I get why people are kind of concerned and freaked out, but there's no reason to be, in my opinion, because roster construction is going to go all the way up to August. So even if it's not done by January, you want to see some movement. So if it's still like this in January, freak out, but also understand that nothing's going to be settled until August anyway. They've added guys in June, July, August. Orlando Umana started every game for them on the offensive line. He was added at the start of fall camp, Jordan Rhodes, yeah. same thing. They had two guys from Canada in the summer. 
That's just how it's going to be. And as much as we're not used to that, we're used to a specific period of paying attention to Ole Miss football recruiting and roster construction. Then we're turning our focus to basketball, which has been – and then we're turning our attention to baseball. And then baseball postseason. Then it's back to football again. The way you consider things is totally different now, completely different. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have an adjustment period. I've had one myself, but I can't repeat it enough. The way you used to view things has to change. Yeah, I'm used to looking at this come November through February. No, you need to be focused on this January to December. It's nonstop. It's nonstop. And I don't think any of us wanted it to be this way, but we're recording a recruiting podcast slash update been on what's happened since you've been gone podcast on Christmas Eve because of it. In previous years, I would have never been thinking about recruiting on Christmas Eve. This is a quiet period. Everything's <laughs> kind of stuck in neutral. Nothing's happening all that much. But with the transfer portal, there is some stuff happening. Today, we got a commitment announcement from Jason Jones, the transfer defensive lineman from Oregon. That used to never happen. Cam East, here's something for you guys. Cam East was going to announce his commitment to Ole Miss on Christmas Day. They moved that up, thankfully, thankfully, to December 15th or whenever it was, when the first day of the early signing period kind of got started there. So I just don't want people to freak out. It's, it's understandable because good news matters. And I think there was this common misconception out there that after 10 and 2, going to the Sugar Bowl, that you'd be seeing recruiting classes return to top five or whatever, that there'd be the sudden influx of talent and all that stuff. That's just not how it works. And I know that's discouraging to hear, but now more than ever, the on-field results are far down the list of what guys are considering when they're thinking about the school they're going to go to. Now it's about how much money am I getting paid through NIL? That's what every single kid that came on campus in December earlier this month said. I could get this here or I could get this there. And that's why you saw Lane Kiffin come out and say it. I hope those guys got what they were promised. A lot of unfulfilled promises coming to these kids as far as NIL. Now, Ole Miss is doing some better things with NIL, raising a lot of money, but they're playing catch-up while all these other schools like Kentucky, for example, you're wondering why Kentucky's all of a sudden getting a lot of guys that Ole Miss would always get over Kentucky in recruiting in previous years. Why, why is it happening? Because they're loading up on NIL. They're doing a damn good job of it. I understand the panic, but Ole Miss isn't panicking. And the reason why Ole Miss isn't panicking is because, first of all, Lane Kiffin just doesn't panic. And two – Lane Kiffin, more than any other head coach, save for a few, like Nick Saban, understand that you're not confined to a four-month stretch anymore as far as adding talent. Lane Kiffin looks at it as, okay, once the calendar flips to November, now I got to go. And I got to go all the way to August because kids are going to be getting the portal every single day from now until August. There's going to be talent there. I think a lot of this uncertainty or a lot of this feeling of anxiety would be alleviated if Ole Miss had his quarterback from the transfer portal. If just that one decision had been made, because Jordan Watkins yeah. is a big get, he's going to slide right in in the slot the position to need. And if you get Deion Smith, you've completely remade your wide receiver core. Honestly, probably better than last year's. That sounds crazy, right? But from an overall talent standpoint, Deion Smith, Jordan Watkins, Jonathan Mingo, it's pretty salty, but you don't have the quarterback. Yeah. The quarterbacks were at all yeah. stars, and that's what people are freaked out about. And Jalen Knox. Don't forget Jalen Knox. And Jalen Knox. But the quarterback, you got to get your quarterback because if you get your quarterback, then everything else becomes the cherry on top of the Sunday. The quarterback's always what matters. And even though Luke Altmaier is a great place to start, Ole Miss fans, and they should feel this way, have been told and have bought into Ole Miss has to get a transfer quarterback, which we know to be true. It's absolutely true. But until you do it, there's going to be this anxiety, this widespread anxiety on the Ole Miss message board and um, social media community. For, for those that were thinking that the results of the season, having Lane Kiffin as your head coach was going to result in immediate top five, top 10 classes, you know, lest we forget, as one D'Angelo Barksdale once said, the king stay the king. Oh God, dude, don't do this. No, I mean, hold on. Look, look at, I look, love look at, the, look at the look at the pro, look look at what the recruiting classes that the college football playoff teams had. I think last I checked, Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State have somewhere in the realm of forty-five to fifty-five stars combined. 
you're going to have success. Now, this isn't saying Ole Miss can't do it because they've proven that they can do it. But if you're looking to just absolutely hit the lottery and to sign a class like those programs do, especially with NIL thrown in there now, it's just not going to happen. You're, you're going to have to be crafty and you're going to have to find connections with, you know, Arch Manning. Perfect example. In case you didn't know, he has quite a connection with Ole Miss. They've got to connect on that. If they believe that he can be a multi-year SEC starter. But right carry- now, Ole Miss has got only the fourth best odds to land Arch Manning, according to Owen Yeah. And I think that you can argue, argue with me if you want. The appeal and with NIL thrown in there of bigger, more marketable, big-name programs is something that Ole Miss is going to have to do battle with. And this is not an excuse. This is not spin. This is just facts. Because if you look at the actual sheer numbers of blue chip players, I I just said it. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. I think the number was like 48, 49, five stars. And that's absurd. But on the flip side, you you have a very charismatic coach that is likable. He is super savvy on social media. And he's winning. That helps. Now, recruits don't always look at wins and losses, but that is going to help you as you continue to climb over shards of broken glass and flaming trash to get to where you can compete and get on a level that is somewhat comparable to those teams. Now, the the, the harsh truth is that in the SEC West, you know, that's people always clamor about, well, Okay, it's a good recruiting class, but they're still sixth in the West or they're fifth in the West. Well, you know, that's just how it's going to be. Outside of a couple years, that's just how it is. You've got Alabama, you've got Auburn, you've got LSU, you've got Texas A&M. All those programs are competing at a different level. That's Yeah, just but the then the next response is going to be, okay, if that's the case, then Ole Miss has to be the best in the portal and they're not. That's, that's fair. And they have re- they, they have been consistent that they are relying on the portal. So it is boom or bust. Because, like I said, I think they're only adding one in February. Well, two, if you count Gagafine as he's a commit. Igbenosin is the guy they're adding in February. Unless Matthew McCoy, some- potentially. Okay, yeah. A couple guys. They're banking on the portal. So it's up to the staff to follow through there. If they don't, yeah, it's fair to criticize. It's fair to to – to ask, you know, what the hell happened? Why didn't you get this guy in in December? Why didn't you get this guy? But my point is, this isn't going to be just some immediate rise to, oh, top 10 class. They went 10 and two, got to get a top 10 class. No, it's, you're still going to have to battle those behemoths every single cycle. And last I checked, Nick Saban is showing zero signs of retiring. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, Regardless of what you say about him, that network over there, I mean, they're they're they were on pace at one point to sign the best recruiting class ever in this cycle. I can't find and, the graphic, but I was looking for it. It was the uh star rankings of the players on the rosters in the New Year's six games. Ole Miss had one five star, nineteen four stars. Alabama yeah. had like eight oh, I five star. Yeah, so, yeah. Let me let me uh so that is something that Ole Miss is always going to have to deal with. What it comes back to, quite simply, is Ole Miss fans want their quarterback transfer. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And, and that's fair. Had Dylan I mean, Gabriel committed to Ole Miss after his visit, everything else would have been fine. It's all about perspective. And from that point of view, I get it. I do. Because they've been told, and they should know this, that they've got to get a quarterback in the transfer portal. Ole Miss fans have been told that over and over again. The Ole Miss coaching staff has said the same thing. we got to get a quarterback transfer, not necessarily to start, but to compete. So, Cam Ward, hey, man, pop today on Christmas Eve. But if you'd be disappointed if Ole Miss landed Cam Ward, that's where I would kind of draw the line as being, okay, that's, that's too much. It's a little much. All right, efforting. I found it. Here we go. If you can't get excited about Cam Ward, and Cam Ward could go somewhere else, I don't know. But I've just seen this on message boards. Well, if Cam Ward's the guy they add in the portal, I'm going to be really disappointed. Why? 
Based on what? Based on what? He's got three years of eligibility. I would never, I said I would never say this publicly because I knew I'd get crucified, be told that I'm a spin guy or I'm being a homer or whatever. Oh, he's just the last guy on the board. That's why you're saying this, Ben. No, this is the truth. And Zach can vouch for me. A lot of people can vouch for me because I said it privately. Cameron Ward, when he got into the portal, was the guy that I thought was the perfect fit for Ole Miss. Three years of eligibility, raw talent, can come in, not be handed the job like a Dylan Gabriel, compete with Luke Altmyer. You're getting the best out of both guys. Whoever the best man is, that's who wins. That's who starts. And he's not just there for a year. He's not buying. You're not buying a mercenary. You're not buying a one-year fix. I love the idea of Dylan Gabriel. Loved it. Loved the idea for, of Spencer Rattler from a business standpoint. But Cameron Ward, if you're talking about building a roster, makes the most sense in the world. And yet there are some fans out there that will say, if Cam Ward's the guy, I'll be disappointed. That's insane to me. That's where I'll draw the line and say, okay, you're, you're criticizing a little too much. Now, if you're concerned and you're worried and you're thinking about a transfer quarterback and where is he, this, that, and the other, so be it. I understand that completely. But if Cam Ward's the guy and you're disappointed, I got nothing for you on that. Yeah, no, I mean, there are NFL scouts that love his game. The release is a little funky, but the arm talent is there and then some. It's hard to even put people in the same room as Matt Corral in terms of arm talent, but Cam Ward can absolutely spin it. So there is this isn't spin literally or figuratively here. The kid can play. Um, all right, before we get sidetracked or forget, I, I, I efforted, and here it is. Here we go. Number one, Alabama, 14 five-stars, 64 stars. (laughs) Very normal. Not a big deal. Uh, Number two, Georgia, 19 mm. five-stars, 47 four-stars. And still can't beat Alabama. (laughs) Number three, Ohio State, 16 five-stars, 49 four-stars. Good Lord. All right. Then it falls off here, Ben. Completely. One five-star. And they only have 44 four-stars. Only 44. After that, five. Michigan, three five-stars, 41 four-stars. You know what the harsh truth is about these four-stars, too? Take 50 high-end three-stars and their ranking where they sit, being fringe four-stars. You take all those four-stars. That collection of talent is pretty much the same thing. And this also, this list, is something that can be like your, your study guide, your cheat sheet as an Ole Miss fan. This is how programs like Ole Miss will have to operate in the portal. You got to go get these guys off these pro- off these programs' rosters that don't play. Like Tennyson was that, a four star. Yeah, you you have to go find those types of guys that play on special teams, kind of here and there in the two deep, but not not starters. Otis Reese. Yeah, you you get a little disgruntled. You want to go somewhere where you could start. That's where Ole Miss has to has to hit in the portal. Um, six Ole Miss is at six, one five star, which is Jerry Neely. 19 four stars. So I was right on that one. I was right on those numbers. Yeah. After that, seven through 12, Utah, Pitt, Michigan State, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati combined. How many five stars do they have? Yes. One. Zero. Wow. Yeah. So it falls off after those top five. So that's like, you know, when, you know, hashtag the sport is broken. Um, I mean, that right there is just insane. And it's also points to like how difficult it is to build quality depth in power five football, because the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Notre Dame. That's where you have to be really good in NIL because now you're going to actually be able to do that. But can you offer the money necessary to get that done? Exactly, because NIL is going to work against you because you're a smaller school, you're in a smaller market, smaller booster network. So if you're complaining, if you're upset, that's cool. You can do something about it. Give some money. There you go. It's all above board. You don't have to think to yourself, oh, I'm helping contribute to amateurism, becoming professional athletics. It's already been professional athletics, man. It was just all below board, under the table. Now it's no longer under the table. You can do what you want to do. You want to help out, help out. You can. No one's going to say anything. You don't have to stand in line at Walmart at midnight and get a PS5 and then put it in a dirty duffel bag and then take it somewhere and leave it for someone to pick up. You can do it now. You don't have to hide your money in a freezer in the garage just in case an atom bomb drops and you don't want to lose the money because you got to pay for so-and-so. Don't have to do that anymore. That really happened once. 
Ben, I would not be shocked if this time next year there are apps for you to give NIL money. I would not be shocked. Oh, Maybe no. we should do that. We should do that. We just gave it's somebody going, a million-dollar idea. It's going to be a thing. Yeah. I mean, it'll be as easy as having your Caesars app to, you know, do a five-game parlay in the NBA. Like, yeah. It'll be that simple. But yeah. NIL can be difficult to battle against. But like you said, it can also be a positive because you can be very creative. That's where can, if you want to be disappointed, be disappointed. That Ole Miss is having to play catch-up. Fair. Completely fair. fair. Yeah. Completely fair. All this to say is that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. A hundred percent. I would also go battle with Iron Man 3 as a Christmas movie. As well. Hard pass. No. Iron Man 3, <laughs> the most overrated Marvel movie. It's not even close. Oh, my gosh. Come on. Mm-hmm. I will I'll just kill you. Great villain. No. Spider-Man No Way Home was great. Yes. I am the target audience. We probably need to wait like one more week before we discuss it because of spoilers. But I am the target audience for nostalgia stuff, though. I fully acknowledge it. But why is that a knock? Why is it something I can't enjoy? Why Why can I not just go to the movie and enjoy something? Oh, it's just cheap. It's cheap storytelling tricks. They're using nostalgia. Okay. That's what made... Uh, Captain Marvel so great. All the 90s throwbacks. I loved it. Why is it not okay to enjoy things? When did that become something that you get criticized for? Enjoying things that you like? People are, people are just constantly upset. They want to it's be creatively lazy. Okay. Well. Life's boring enough. If I want to go see Daredevil... Oh, can't say anything. Spoiler alert. <laughs> can't say it. I want to enjoy oh. what I like. Why is that so hard? Exactly. I, I have no it. idea what we talked about today. I really don't feel like I've been caught up at all on what I missed out on. Sounds like oh, a lot. Man, I, I love a good argument about, you know, one of my favorite things to, to argue about, like food. Love arguing about food and like, you know, fast food places that are superior or how you, pre- how you prepare your steak. or Rare. I, I love doing that. But at the end of the day, man, like what you like. Like what you like. Do, do You do you. And Lane Kiffin, if you don't like that Ole Miss fans are being critical, that's okay. Get the quarterback you want. You wanted Dylan Gabriel, you missed. If it's somebody else, cool. Like what you like. Don't worry about what anybody else is saying online. It's fine. It's Christmas time. What would you ask for yes. for Christmas? Not much. I'm kind of at that point now where – Captivating stuff, Zach. My wife and I don't really do big gifts – Per se. Also, I went kind of, I went kind of overboard on anniversary and birthday stuff this year. So this, uh, you know, with the with the holidays, we, we we went a little laid back with it. She might have something up her sleeve. I don't know. Um, I'm kind of waiting for either birthday slash when the weather gets warmer, getting a new grill. Um, I talked about it in my bar chat last night. Direct Tech, love that. I'm really wanting to get into the pellet smoking world and start a. Uh, Looking into doing some pork butts and some some wings, some ribs, you know, just smoking everything. So, well, good luck with your smoking butts. Have a uh, merry Christmas. You too. I have a last uh, trivia question for you. All right. I think the, the the Texas listeners will appreciate this. Okay. It ties into Ole Miss too. So John David Baker was actually out recruiting in this area a couple weeks ago, uh, South Oak Cliff won the 5A Division I title this year uh, in Texas. Uh, they're a uh, inner-city Texas school. Do you know the last time an actual legitimate inter- like Dallas school won that division? No. 1958. Huh. What do you There's know? A, the caveat there, technically Dallas Carter won it in 1988, throwback to uh, Friday Night Lights, but yep. it was stripped because of a grade scandal. Ooh. But, I just thought that that was fascinating and also points to, and as we bring it full circle, this is a recruiting podcast. People recruit in the state of Texas in high school and not all that talent stays home, but that was pretty cool to see uh, that that high school won the first title for a Dallas school since 1950. Even if Dallas Carter's title is not stripped, that was still 33 years ago. That's just, I don't know. It's the most random trivia question ever. The Texas folks might appreciate it if there's any South Oak Cliff 
alum out there, whatever. Um, but I thought that that was just insane that that's the first time. Neat. This has been Talking yeah. Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Bit on Twitter. He's Zach Barry at Zach underscore Barry. If you haven't already subscribed, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. You can find this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Thank you, buddy. I'll see you after Christmas. See ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.